In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. From beautiful Athens and southeastern Ohio. Good morning once again on this weenie Wednesday. <laughs> I still love that one that Bob left us with here. Bob Bayette doing the uh, voiceover for that Weenie Wednesday commercial. It is Weenie Wednesday indeed, June 15th, 2022, 16 minutes after 9 o'clock. And good morning from Party Line here. I'm Scott Daly, and uh, I've moved over to the hot seat, chair number one, as they say in the musical arena, as uh, Dave had uh, another engagement to get to. And uh, so I'm going to be filling in this morning uh, in the number one seat anyway, uh, as I join Dave each morning here at 970 WATH's party line. And glad you could join in this morning. My goodness, is it going to be hot today? Or do we need to even ask that question? Do we need to even go there? Well, we usually talk about the weather at the beginning of the program. And, uh, well, you know, the weather is one of the... Oh boy, should I say it? Hot topics of the day? Yeah, I went ahead and said it. Uh, But right now it is 78 degrees and morning sunshine. Just a little breezy here. I'm going to call it hazy sunshine at the moment as we do have a, a thin light cloud cover in the area. High temperature today expected to be around uh, the mid 90 degree range. And my goodness gracious, I think we had some record-setting temperatures yesterday uh, throughout the state of Ohio. The record high for this date for our area is 91, so we could uh, eclipse that record high by a few degrees today. That record high was set in 1994, and the average high temperature for this date is 83. Uh, The record low temperature... Uh, was set in 1997 at 50 degrees, and the average low temperature is 60 for this time period in this area. And uh, boy, oh boy, folks can't stress enough. Be careful if you have to be outside today for extended periods of time. If you're working, have to work outside, uh, I would think you've been through this enough to know to hydrate yourself, keep drinking plenty of water, and uh, get in the shade as much as possible. Get into some air conditioning. Please get your pets out of this hot heat and humidity. Hot heat. 
Well, that might be redundant, but that's how hot it's going to be. It's going to be hot, hot heat today and, uh, well, really tomorrow, too. So please check on your outdoor pets. Get them out of this heat and humidity. Get them into uh, cooling areas, basements. Bring them in the house. Let the kids play with them for a little while. Or why not all day? It's going to be hot all day. And with that, another excessive heat warning is in effect. It is going into effect at 11 a.m. this morning to 8 p.m. this evening. And the excessive heat watch, not a warning, a watch remains in effect from tomorrow morning through tomorrow evening. But my guess is it will translate into a warning by tomorrow. All right, so excessive heat warning today from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. this evening, and then a heat watch tomorrow. All right, dangerously hot conditions. Heat index values could reach up near 110 degrees. Goodness gracious. Dangerously hot conditions, indeed. Now, the impacts of this extreme heat and humidity will significantly increase the potential for heat-related illnesses, particularly for those working or participating in outdoor activities. Now, if I heard correctly, the Copperheads are going to try to resume a game this evening that was rained out. Uh, When was it, Monday night? Wow, it is going to be hot out there, folks. So if you plan on attending the game, uh, please take something that will keep you cool. Uh, Get some water at the concession stand. Again, I re- remind, I've been reminded, too, that sodas, uh, even iced tea, uh, they are not considered, uh, well, real good hydration drinks like a Powerade, a Gatorade, uh, a bottle of water, glass of water, whatever it may be. So uh, please uh, be careful of that. And, uh, of course, you know what uh, beer or wine or any, any mixed drink will do. That will dehydrate you even more. So avoid those, uh, if possible, if you're going to be out in the heat. All right. So uh, anyway, stay hydrated if you're heading to the Copperheads game later on this evening. Uh, Drink plenty of fluids, as we just mentioned. Stay in an air-conditioned room. Stay out of the sun. Please do wellness checks on relatives, neighbors, particularly those that may live by themselves. Uh, Check on them, see if their air conditioning is working okay, or if they don't have air conditioning. Uh, Make sure they are in an area that is much cooler than, say, a living room or obviously an upstairs room uh, because it will get very hot in there. And speaking of getting very hot in there, um, please don't leave pets in hot vehicles. Whether it's 96 degrees, 106, 86, 76 even, It gets really hot in there, folks, making it difficult to breathe. You've heard me say this many times on morning shows, that the heat will escalate about one degree per minute with either the windows rolled up or down. Obviously, it's going to get hotter with the windows rolled up. So please look before you lock your vehicle. And need we say anything about people, children, infants? My goodness gracious, breaks my heart to read that. Whenever there is a tragedy that has occurred that someone left a child in a car, forgot about them, and the child did not survive. Uh, Again, 
this heat in those vehicles makes it very difficult to breathe and could cause and will cause permanent uh, permanent internal damage to animals and also people will be affected. So please, once again, if you see something, if you're in a parking lot, I've seen this happen a few times, and I waited in a parking lot to see if an owner was coming within, yeah, I told myself if they're not here within 60 seconds, uh, I'm either going in to have it announced over the PA system in the store, or authorities need to be called and alerted. These animals can't speak for themselves, and an animal may be in there barking, crying for help. So please, if you see something, there's no shame in doing something to help that pet, all right? And again, as I mentioned this morning about taking pets for a walk on hot days, uh, keep them off of asphalt, pavements, cement, whatever it may be, concrete. Those surfaces get very, very hot, and it will burn the foot pads of the pet, of the animal. It will burn their feet, so please keep them off of those as well. So, yes, I'm uh, doing the soapbox (laughs) here to please protect people and pets. And, again, the word I was thinking of earlier about drinking sodas, uh, to bounce back to the Copperheads game, drinking sodas, iced tea, coffee, uh, is diuretics. Those are considered diuretics, and they are dehydrating drinks. Now, when Dad was in the hospital, um, we were told, I was told by medical people there uh, that Dad needed to keep hydrated. And uh, I said, well, he loves iced tea. And they said, well, that would be considered, um, you know, a, a fluid drink, a hydrating drink. Of course, it's fluid, but... It will be considered hydration. And I said, I always thought that iced tea or hot tea, coffee, whatever it would be, is considered a diuretic. And they said, well, technically it is, but it still serves as a portion of hydration. So with that, um, maybe five iced teas will equal two bottles of water or something like that. I don't know. I don't know the metrics involved with that. But uh, anyway... Keep hydrated. That's the bottom line. All right, so please be careful in the heat and humidity today, tomorrow. And uh, as I look at the weather forecast coming up tomorrow, another hot one. Brian Hughes is saying we may get some uh, rain relief tomorrow. But as you know, living around here, sometimes that will increase the humidity. I remember playing many a baseball game that I thought, well, after it rains a little bit, It's going to cool down. And standing in the outfield or on the pitcher's mound, I thought, goodness gracious. If anything, it made it more sticky and humid. But uh, anyway, we see that in the forecast for tomorrow, possibilities of rain. Then Friday, back up to near 90. Saturday, 78 and sunshine. Wow, pleasant, pleasant Saturday on tap as far as the weather forecasts go here in the Athens area. Sunday, 79, partly sunny, and then we return to the heat wave again next week. 87 Monday, 98 Tuesday, 98 Wednesday, 91 Thursday, 90 Friday, 
That's next week. So we get a couple days relief over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then right back into the frying pan we go for all next week. Mercy, that is a little bit toasty. Well, are you enjoying the daylight hours, longer daylight hours? As uh, we continue into the summer solstice, which happens on uh, the 21st of June, uh, which is um, hmm, six days from today. Yeah, today being June 15th. And sunsets are right around 9 p.m. in the evenings. And, of course, there's even a little more daylight after that, uh, even into, well, around 9.30. And we'll get a little bit longer after that. Now, it's not the bright daylight, but there's still some daylight left. And speaking of uh, weather-related things, did you happen to see the moon last evening? Goodness gracious, it was beautiful. Not many clouds at all, and I took a picture last evening and framed it with uh, some trees and shrubbery and everything else that I could, and it was beautiful. Now, it sure looked like a full moon, but this weather page is telling me it's a waning gibbous, not a waxing gibbous, (laughs) but a waning gibbous, which means it's going out of the full moon phase. But my goodness, it was bright. And beautiful, just about like a harvest moon, but it felt like I was on a beach in Florida with the temperature still remaining near 80 degrees and the humidity levels. And waking up this morning, walking outside, made me think of being like in Florida where the heat and humidity is or one of the southern beaches uh, because that's exactly what it felt like, heat and humidity. Uh, But the only thing I was missing was an ocean and the sounds the waves, the surf, but one can dream, right? (laughs) All right, with all of this weather gab, please be careful out there and uh, keep an eye on your coworkers, neighbors. If someone is outside and has been outside for a while, please check on them. Make sure they're okay because a heat stroke will creep up very quickly, and particularly those with cardiovascular issues or breathing issues. Uh, So please do a wellness check on folks if uh, you happen to notice someone. Somebody here at the radio station uh, told me they did a wellness check on somebody, was it yesterday or Monday, uh, that was sitting in a hot vehicle. The AC had broken down and uh, the windows were down and somebody was just laying there looking like they may have been having some heat-related issues. Um, So again, Please uh, be aware of that and take care of yourself. All right? All right. Here we go. Uh, on from <laughs> the weather is as it is now at 930 on this uh, Wednesday, June 15th. And again, it's going to be roasty toasty out there today. Today's highlights in history. Here we go. Again, uh, as I mentioned, Wednesday, June 15th, it is the 166th. Day of 2022, 199 days remain in this year, 2022. Today's highlight in history, June 15th, 1775. The Second Continental Congress voted uh, unanimously to appoint George Washington, head of the Continental Army. And remember, yesterday was Flag Day and the Army's birthday when the Army was established on June 14th. 1775. 
And on this date in 18... Well, let's back up one. This is kind of significant. In 1215, England's King John put his seal to the Magna Carta, the Great Charter. And on this date in 1864, Secretary of War Edwin Stanton signed an order establishing a military burial ground, which later became Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia. And I see we have a caller here. Let me see if I can get to them and bring them on board and see what they have to say. Good morning, caller. You're on 970 WATH's party line. Yeah, morning, Dave. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Magna Carta. That uh, that was a pretty profound issue, uh, the idea that a king could actually be put in check. And uh, the idea that, uh, you remember what the social contract is? Um, re- remind me, refresh my memory. Well, it was basically, uh, if a king pretends to be put in charge by God, then the king is supposed to be looking out for every sparrow under his uh, under his reign. Okay. And if it turns out that the king is stealing the money and having a party with it, and 1776 is basically what we discovered that King George III was doing, but uh, I guess was at King James, I think, under the uh, the uh, Magna Carta, that that guy was uh, also basically stealing the money and having uh, he wasn't he wasn't looking out for the average person he wasn't looking out out for his subjects he was just basically treating them with like they were disposable and uh and so the social contract was when the uh, i'm trying to think of which philosopher came up with the actual phrase the social contract but it was it was basically that the uh, the elected officials, because it's true for anybody who, whether they're a king or whether they're in a republic, uh, that the people elect somebody to be in charge, and if that person is not looking out for the the uh, citizenry and is just you know stealing the money and having a party with it, uh, then they're not taking part in the social contract and they have no right to be in power. Uh, impeachments are, are based on, upon the idea of a social contract. We pay taxes to get something for us. You know, we pay taxes to get good roads, to good libraries, good schools, whatever, and that the uh, politicians are supposed to maintain our money, um, uh, manage our money, manage our property, and, and keep things running on a smooth keel. And, uh, and these phonies who basically run around, you know, like the libertarians nowadays are actively saying that all government is bad. And, and they're just, they, they come up with this fake philosophy as if uh, they can run the world without any laws, without any regulations. Well, I don't know if you heard, but like Kentucky just, um, or excuse me, Tennessee just a few months ago, uh, their legislature said that gasoline doesn't need to be, uh, it, it can be a, a kind of open regulation. Well, if you've got a, a high-dollar engine and you pull in a gas station and you think you're getting uh, good quality gas, but it turns out it's Tennessee gas and it's going to ruin your engine in a heartbeat, uh you know, should the uh, Federal Trade Commission have the ability to say Tennessee can't pull that junk? 
you know, if you're driving across Tennessee and you go, uh, you'd go to a gas station there and you ruin your engine because they claim that they don't need any regulations. Uh, it, much less the idea of the social contract. We all agree that a gallon is a gallon. Well, what if some of these gas stations to start to give us uh, three quarts instead of a full gallon? Uh, you know, it's the social contract is very important for the stability of the nation, and or for the world for that matter. And the idea that these fake politicians are actually coming up with uh, with um, uh, you know, deregulation this, deregulation that. Yeah. Uh, they're they're polluters. They're actually poisoning the planet. They they come up with these ideas that if if I can poison my land if I want to, but if it spills into the river, tough. Uh, and they've been doing that, you know, ever since the. Uh, Oh, was it uh, Henry David Thoreau did Walden, right? Because they had polluted the Erie Canal so bad that it nobody was even using it anymore because it was so filthy and get cholera for going anywhere near it. And, uh, you know, so pollution has been a big issue in America for a couple of hundred years. Oh, yes. And, uh, yes, it, in fact, um uh, trying to think, was it the Youngstown flood was uh, when... Uh, that the dam that they built for the Erie Canal, uh, they gave up on the Erie Canal and then just abandoned that uh, that dam. I think it became a country club up there, and that country club didn't pay attention to the dam when it busted open. It, you know, it it destroyed everything downstream of it, and uh, thousands were killed. And uh, you know, the idea that that uh, these phonies. Pretend, in, in, in fact, you know, nowadays, the, the rich don't want to pay taxes, but the Supreme Court has now said that the, uh, the rich can donate money secretly to politicians and that that's legal. Uh, and in the old days, we'd call that a bribe. Yes. But the Supreme Court has done that twice. They've done that with Citizens United, and about a month and a half ago, they said that even more secret money uh, can be given to politicians. Now, it, if the rich don't want to pay taxes, but they want to buy the politicians, that's representation without taxation. And America is not that. America is taxation with representation. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, that's uh, when I'm going to watch these hearings here in a minute you know they're they're going to start in about 20 minutes and you know the biggest part of what trump has uh did with that uh uh fake election story you know he knew on election night that he lost but he intentionally came up with this propaganda campaign uh to keep fleecing his supporters he took donations, whether $5 donations or whether $10,000 donations. He got uh, his supporters to just keep him full of money for a year and a half now, and uh, and he knew he lost on that election night. And he's, he's ruined the reputations of his people. Uh, his supporters have ruined their reputations uh, for for that matter. The Republican Party has ruined their reputation because they keep supporting him. And, you know, the evidence that uh, came out on Monday was they knew on election night that he lost. 
And in fact, one of his campaign manager actually said in the video testimony that in September they knew he was likely to lose because he had so botched uh, the handling of COVID and a number of other issues that uh, that there was no way he was going to be reelected. And he just decided to steal America. And he, he convinced uh, Michigan, he convinced Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, Arizona, uh, Nevada, to create fake electors, to steal the Electoral College, to send fakes uh, to the Electoral College pretending that Trump had won. And it, it isn't bad enough that the Republicans are on a tear claiming that, you know, some you know, individual can vote twice, the Trump campaign actually tried to steal the whole state of Georgia. They tried to steal the whole state of Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, and it was only uh, Pence uh, who knew in advance what they were trying to do and refused to tolerate it. Uh, and, and they're trying to kill Pence at this point. That guy gets so many death threats a day that Secret Service must be going ape. Okay. So you imagine imagine how much the taxpayers have got to pay the Secret Service to keep Pence alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And now, you know, it's disappointing to see this filtering over into uh, protecting Supreme Court justices now as well um, to go with that. And, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of good points there, too. And uh, you know, we appreciate your call here. And it seems like there's... A lot of things going on in the world of politics, and quite frankly, uh, I I don't know what to believe sometimes. So uh, you know, you hear a good argument from one side, you hear a good argument on the other side, and uh, it seems like you know. I bottom line is, I want I just want a fair election. I don't no care who the president is. I don't care what party it is. I just want them to be good for our country and do good yeah, it's things. Funny. You know, Trump got elected, he was a property manager. And basically, America hires a property manager every four years to be the property manager of America. Exactly. And and Trump didn't do that. He decided that he was going to run it as his private, you know, milking fund or whatever. It's funny, too, you, you called it uh, politics. I don't even call it that because that social contract yeah. uh, is the, the issue, you know, over in Russia. They have, I think they started with 11 oligarchs who are just super rich. You could call them thieves because they were put in charge of departments of Russia, but they pocketed the money for themselves. And so those guys not only don't pay taxes, but they were money laundering to steal the money and hide it in other parts of the world. And so um, Russia has no social contract. Super rich guys... Well, in, in the days of kings, they pretended that God put them in charge. But when you start looking at oligarchs, they don't pretend that God put them in, uh, filled their pockets full of money. Most of them admit that they're crooks and, uh, and that they stole the money. So there's no social contract with an oligarch. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and a few of them end up living here. Uh, on the coasts of the United States in those big super yachts. And, right. uh, you know, it, it, how they got here and how they are permitted to keep doing that uh, is is a question to me. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, well, I'll let another caller get in, but uh, okay. I'm looking forward to that hearing. Starts in about 15, 20 minutes. 
Okay, good points there you bring up. And uh, does Thomas Hobbes ring a bell for the social contract? Oh, yeah, Hobbes was one of them, although I think he was later than 1200. John Wasn't Locke? Hobbes maybe in the 1500s or something? Yeah, John Locke and uh, uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau is another sure. one listed, too. So, yeah, the social contract uh, origination there. So, all right, well, thank you so much for your call. Take and, care. Uh, you bet, you too. Hey, cool. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. All right, there we have it. Uh, caller voicing that uh, c- concerns on that too, but you know, there's boy, oh boy, elections, something else, aren't they? Well, we'll we'll save that for another day. Uh, as I was uh, into the highlights in two days history, uh, good call by the way, and uh, you know, I'm all for environmental goodness too but at the same time are are people happy paying five bucks a gallon for gas i mean low-income families it's killing them and uh they've got to cut out things Uh, middle class people are cutting out things i see consumers on the news every night saying they have readjusted their spending they've cut out buying things they've got no other choice to do so to make their family be able to survive and uh you know as our caller mentioned about gasoline do you get a gallon or do you get three quarters of a gallon and now this term has been coined shrink nation to go along with inflation the inflation is incredibly getting out of control and for me all the economic indicators are showing me a recession and I've talked to a few business owners around town, and I've said that, that it's sure seeming like we're heading towards a recession. And immediately, the business owners responded to me and said, what do you mean heading toward it? We are in a recession. They were very adamant about their comments, too. Um, and inflation is soaring at a rate that has not happened in decades here in this country, and I still believe that fuel prices, uh, they drive that inflation because we know that it takes fuel to deliver goods and services, to fill up the trucks, uh, you know, 18-wheel truck drivers, uh, the big rigs, they're paying $1,000 for a tank of gas. Well, guess who the cost is going to filter to? It's going to filter to the store they're taking it to, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to raise the price. To cover it and guess who's going to pay that higher price for those goods you and i are paying them i mean it's simple economics that this is happening so again i still say if you get fuel costs and expenses under control inflation becomes a little more manageable now the feds are considering raising the interest rate to, to slow it down i'm not sure i get that principle because That is a slippery slope to raise interest rates on that. It creates a sell-off in the stock market. Uh, As you saw, the Dow Jones is now at 30,000, whereas a couple years ago, I think it was near 36, 37,000, the mark. So it's showing the economic indicators. Uh, Folks, if we are not in a recession already, we are certainly headed for one. And I don't mean to sound gloom and doom, but it's the reality of the situation, just like uh, former Ohio 
Assistant basketball coach John Rhodes used to tell me when we would have our discussions about different things. We talked about everything. Yeah, John would look at me and say, just keeping it real, man. And that's what's happening with inflation, uh, with the rates that we haven't seen in, again, decades, uh, 40 years, closing in on 50 years. Uh, so, folks, uh, something needs to be said to our legislators to help bring these costs down. They can do it. It can be done. It's been done before, and it can be done again. Uh, so, um, you know, just pray for those people that aren't able to survive uh, with uh, things costing so much more and having to readjust their spending habits. And some of that may be for the good. I don't know. But it's getting to the point now where, you know, everyone I talk to, business owners, as I mentioned, uh, folks in the know, uh, financial areas are saying that we are in a recession. All right. So brace yourself for that. Um, what else was I going to mention about that, too? So, uh, you know, inflation, gas prices, those are driving the uh the economy right now and driving it down and uh, I don't know for but I've heard so many people say that for someone to go on and say the that our economy in the United States is doing great are you kidding me have they filled up at the gas station much and uh, I don't know if you heard the last time we mentioned this about someone pulling up to a uh, gas station they Said they they put in ten dollars at uh, pump number four, and they said ten dollars at pump number four, and they said, "Yeah, I need gas to get the pump number three. and that's how it is getting here. And I never thought I would see gas prices this high. So uh, anyway, it's a bit of a peeve indeed, as I'm sure you can <laughs> catch the tone. But uh, anyway, it is it is hurting our country. And again, as I mentioned, I don't care who is in charge. Just help the American people as much as we can. And our caller mentioned, too, about taxes. And somebody mentioned to me the other day, do you know of any other country that the citizens pay taxes and they send it to other countries uh, like the U.S.? Does any other country in the world pay taxes and send money to the U.S., tax money to the U.S.? Well, that's a good question. I don't know of any, but we certainly pay our fair share of taxes, don't we, at a federal interest rate of, what, about 37%, something like that? That's a lot of taxpayer funds. And, you know, uh, the tax taxes we pay in our, uh, here in Ohio, a lot of them are to go to the roads. And speaking of taxpayer money, I'm I'm – segueing to another subject here i would love to see those speed bumps as i call them get some attention above the crossing of the hawking river as you go from let's say you come from the north on 33 and you're heading toward the south y or south of athens as you cross over the hawking river and uh that interchange right there 50 32 and 33 man i'll tell you there are some vicious bumps there in the joints of those segments of pavement 
and I'm sure if you've driven over those, or if you come up off of the entrance off of East State Street to get on to 50, 33, 32 interchange right there, if you're heading uh, towards the south of Athens, or if you're getting on the 50 East corridor there, man, oh man, you hit those things going 55 or 60 or even coming up off of the entrance ramp. Those things are brutal sometimes. So I've had a few people say, can you mention that on the air next time about, you know, our our increased taxes, the 10 cents a gallon on gasoline that was instituted, what, two years ago on July 1st, that maybe there can be something done to smooth out those bumps there. And I know there are heavy vehicles that travel those, but still, uh, you know, everyone pays taxes to that. They travel those roads. Um, oh, they've, they've said, can you mention that? And hopefully somebody will be able to get the word to whoever needs to address that issue there. So people who have asked me to do that, there you go. All right. Now, <laughs> back to this date in history. <laughs> Let's see if we can get beyond that. All right. In 1904, more than 1,000 people died when fire erupted aboard the steamboat General Slocum in New York's East River. 1934, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed an act making the National Guard part of the U.S. Army in the event of war or national emergency. And you may have heard this one on this date in Reds baseball history. In 1938, Johnny Vandermeer pitched his second consecutive no-hitter leading the Cincinnati Reds to a 6 to nothing victory over the Brooklyn Dodgers in the first night game at Ebbets Field, four days after leaving the Boston Bees hitless in a score of 3 to nothing. Now, that second no-hitter happened on a first night game. Uh, I'm going to say that Johnny Vandermeer had the advantage of facing hitters who had never seen a baseball thrown at them in the nighttime, even though there were lights there on the field, obviously. Uh, that makes a big difference standing there at the plate with a bat in your hand. I don't know if that feat will ever be duplicated again, no hitters in consecutive games, because the hitters are so good now in baseball. And uh, in 1944, American forces began their successful invasion of Saipan during World War II. The B-29 Super Fortresses carried out their first raids on Japan. Boy, those were big, big transport jets. Super fortresses, uh, the big bombers. Uh, I had a have a great uncle that flew on one of those as a uh, ball turret gunner. And uh, I'll tell you what, that would be a very harrowing, freaky experience being uh, stuck down in that ball, that glass ball, and not being able to really <laughs> move too much getting shot at by enemy machine guns, bombers, uh, surface-to-air projectiles. But uh, anyway, those uh, that flew those big bombers and all servicemen and women, we thank you for your service to our country. And continuing on here, um, let's see what we have. Any more to get out as far as newsworthy. Uh, today's birthdays, R&B singer Ruby Nash Garnett of Ruby and the Romantics. Remember the song Our Day Will Come? She is 88 years old today. 
And uh, actor Simon Callow, 73. Singer Russell Hitchcock of Air Supply, 73. And uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping, 69. Jim Belushi, 68. Country singer Terry Gibbs, 68. And uh, former baseball player and Hall of Famer Wade Boggs, 64. My goodness gracious. Doesn't seem possible, but it's true. Actor Helen Hunt is 59. Yes, they have actor in there now instead of actress. Courtney Cox is 58. Ice Cube, 53. And uh, let's go on down to see who the youngest one is on the list today. Actor Sterling Jerrins is 18 years young. So there you have it, some happenings today in history, birthdays. And uh, we move on here. We've only got about five minutes left. Uh, Eastland Mall in Columbus has been declared a public nuisance. Remember that when uh, that mall was like the big place to go? It was the only mall in this area? Well, the corridor has now marked Eastland Mall as a public nuisance, citing outstanding health and safety code violations, according to the Columbus City Attorney, Zach Klein. And the order comes after the City of Columbus filed a case in Franklin County Municipal Court against Eastland Mall Holdings in April of 2021. The city called out the property owners for violations, including inadequate lighting, potholes, a sinkhole developing in the parking lot, and structural uh, structural issues. Klein called the mall a hazard to visitors, and they say immediate action must be taken to bring that property into compliance and make improvements. Now, if that does not happen, um, then the city will take over that land. Uh, So, if the holdings company does not take those orders into uh, action, well, then the city will take over that. Now, the city of Columbus announced in November that it planned to turn 78 acres of land near Eastland Mall into a new park. It had acquired the acreage for about $1.5 million, and Eastland Mall Holdings bought the mall property in 2015 for $9.7 million buckaroos, all right? So uh, the city will be allowed to do any necessary environmental testing and demolish all structures on subject property at the defendant's expense if the property is not brought into compliance as ordered by the court. Now, some of those orders include litter, solid waste, high grass, non-compliant graphics, graffiti, broken concrete, wall overhand, and mortar voids. Wow. I remember when that place used to be like the the place to go, to, to go shopping, you know. But, uh, yeah, they need to get moving on that in the Eastland Mall area. And uh, thousands upon thousands of customers still without power in central Ohio. And uh, the reason being, as we heard uh, one of the AEP supervisors came on there, uh, well, I don't think I don't think he mentioned the reason, but they're trying to work their best uh, round the clock to get pa- uh, power restored. But I think they're afraid of, and they're not afraid, they're apprehensive about once the power gets restored, that so much power will be 
immediately used that it could damage the entire power grid in that area since there are so many customers without power. So with that, um, air conditioning will come back on, lighting comes back on. I mean, all sorts of drag on the power grid, and AEP is saying that could result in damages to the system. And what happens then is the power goes back off. So um, with that, they're trying to be cautious about getting the power back on and slowly uh, bringing it back up uh, at a speed that will not be detrimental to restoration of the power. Fortunately, uh, I think power's on in most areas here in southeastern Ohio, and uh, we certainly hope you have uh, power there wherever you are listening in from. Or if you know of someone that may have been without power for a while, hopefully that power has been restored. Well, we're just about out of time. My goodness, that was a quick party line there. Uh, Quick, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes maybe, something like that. So with that, we will sign off here and welcome in Kim and Ruth and make it happen here in just a few moments. Folks, once again, it's going to be a hot one out there. Currently, the temperature is 83 degrees and humidity reading at 85%. CBS News is next. Stay cool. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FMs. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Stocks are higher at the start of the trading day with investors hopeful ahead of an expected announcement from the Fed on what could be the biggest interest rate hike in almost 30 years. CBS's Sarah Ewald.